بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين So inshallah today the discussion is going to be about something a bit different and some time ago I did a a talk on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and how when he entered into Medina Munawwara as you know from the history of Medina Munawwara there used to be different tribes there used to be Arab tribes there used to be Jewish tribes and then within the Jewish tribes there were three tribes and some of them were actually uh, at difference with one another and then you had the Muslim tribes the Aus and the Khazraj even though they actually came from the same ancestor and they were actually collectively called the Banu Qayla that was their collect collective term but uh, they had this uh, skirmish and problem and difference that actually led to a lot of violence uh, and that had been go going on for decades so when the Prophet ﷺ came here uh, into Medina Munawwara from Makkah Mukarramah one of the first things that he started was this community project there was a number of things. One of them that he did with the Jewish community, which is, was this agreement or this deal that everybody's going to protect one another. Medina, um, the Yathrib is ours, and we're each going to protect each other from uh, invaders. That was a community-wide thing. Then within the Muslim community to, to bring them together, uh, a very smart move, really perfect move, was the fact that he got them to start on a community project. And the community project, as most of us will know, was Masjid al-Nabawi. And that was something that everybody took part in. And that's why they felt that it belonged to them. Uh, when you do community projects, it actually brings you close together. It gives you something to do. It's obviously a voluntary thing. It's not something you're doing as a paid job. When you're doing something as a paid job, generally what happens is that you're then choosy and picky about whether you want to do that job or not because then it's about is it worth my time because you expect something in return for it so there's all of those kind of decisions to make but when it's something voluntary that you're doing as long as you enjoy doing it or as long as there's a need for it and if it's both of those things where there's a need and you enjoy doing it then you'll really really enjoy doing it and you'll feel really accomplished and this helps on a number of fronts so today what I want to discuss with us, I want to actually explore. I've got a list already of community projects that we could get involved in. Now these are kind of generic things that other people have compiled that I've taken. Uh, but I want us to then think of specific things that we can think of that would be relevant, more relevant to us and maybe even more pressing and more needed for us. And the reason why I say this is that husband and wives doing this is going to start, we want to start this on a husband and wife level, on a couple's level, right? Because the benefit of this is that some people just find their life very boring. And the kind of stories that we receive from husband and wives who, even after years of being married, you know, two years of being married, ten years of being married, they haven't really broken the ice. They're living in some kind of really strange cultural, uh, uh, some, some really strange cultural uh, 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 as a very cultural couple I would say that they're living the way they may have seen other people in their family living who never broke the ice even after 30, 40 years of marriage like it's just this you can say this uh, living together just for the convenience to produce children 
to basically just fulfill the fact that, okay, I need to be with a wife, I need to be with a husband, I need to be married. And they're each just performing a few responsibilities for each other. But there's no love, affection, there's no real common goal as such. It's really strange. I mean, you know, some of you would not even believe that that's the case. But this is the case with some people. They just haven't broken the ice because they just have no idea how to come together. And the focus is on the negatives of one another. Nobody recognizes the positives. And the studies that, the studies that have, uh, the, uh, in psychology that have been done about this, uh, what generally happens over the, case, uh, over the course of a long time is that where there's negatives that you start focusing on, then any good characteristic, anything good, any good virtue is then lost. It's not to say that nobody uh, that you know that these people don't have any good virtues, that they have no excellent characteristics. Everybody does. Like everybody has something good. You know, you, you you've seen people where they really criticize somebody who's really bad, but then you must be able to find something that's good about them. Now, obviously, some people are dominantly going to have very bad characteristics. That's possibility. But in order to help a husband and wife relationship. Or even family relation, if we extend that out to parents and children relationship, brothers and sisters, right? Children and parents, cousins, family wide as a whole. This can be expanded and then as a community. You know, the community of our sisters, of our community, right? All of this really, really helps. One way to get together is to do a common project. And doing something for our society, for our community, is going to be a community project. And the benefit of that will be that you will actually start having to trust one another, having to rely on one another's strengths. You know, where one may be weak, okay, you do that part and I'll do this part. You know, you do this aspect of the job and I'll do this aspect of the job. When, the, when you, we're able to complement one another in that regard, you'll see that you'll actually start appreciating, you'll discover things about one another that will be quite amazing. I mean, on numerous projects, there'd be some people I say, uh, and the discussion would be, should we involve them or not? Like, what do you think they can do? And somebody said, no, involve them. I think they'll be a good asset. We involve them and then mashallah, they come out to be very, very helpful. So some people have hidden talents, but because the environment hasn't been right, the setting hasn't been, the context hasn't been the right, place for them. There have never been an opportunity to that. They've just been constantly groaning and, and having a gripe about things. Let people do these things, subhanAllah. And there's so many different things. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at that. The benefits, aside from our social community benefits that we'll have, how you will be able to benefit others, we'll be able to benefit ourselves. And spiritually speaking, from a divine perspective, the Prophet وسلم, said that Wallahu fi awnil abdi ma al abdu fi that a Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remain in your assistance as long as you remain in assistance of your brother or sister. So if you're going to think about your brother and sister out there in the community, other people, humanity in general as well, how can we do something better? How can we improve? Then Allah will assist you in your own issues. And that's huge. And, you know, we need to just stop complaining about people. Look at this masjid is doing this, that and the other. It's not doing this. It's not doing that. And there's lots of places they can always do more. Even the most successful masajid, even the most successful institutions, most successful organizations, 
that do a lot of things, they're just relatively doing more things than others. Every place can do more. Because at the end of the day, it depends on what the needs are. If you've identified a need, but the masjid can't figure it out, the committee of the masjid or the organization, they just don't get it. Well, maybe you can volunteer and give them some kind of assurance that I'm willing to just help purely free. I'm not trying to control anything. I'm not trying to get a position. I'm not trying to do this because this is what people in their chairs are worried about. And it's a sad fact, but let's just deal with it. It's a sad fact. We're not talking about how to remove people from committees here. We're talking about how to teach people, educate people and help people. And that's what's important. right? That's really what's important. So there's numerous ahadith to this effect. I mean, you can, as a community, if there is a need, then we should feed it as much as anybody else. I'm not even speaking about international needs right now, although that's com very relevant as well. But uh, the whole Muslim community should be like one body, as the Prophet ﷺ said, that if just one portion is one part, one limb, one finger, one nail is being in pain, is in pain, is hurting, then the entire body should feel it. And that is why people start complaining in the first place. But then their, their concern gets misdirected. This is the problem. To be honest, I think the majority of our concerns that we have about our local organizations, they get misdirected. While it starts off on a sincere level with genuine concern about the betterment of our society, but then it gets reduced to just complaints which shaitan wants because he doesn't want an improvement. So we then don't actually get any improvement. We keep waiting for somebody else to make that improvement and we start the blame game. So now the point here is that let's stop doing all of that. And there's so many things that we can come up with. So I want us to use our minds today from the list of things that we're going to look at today to try to see what else we can come up with. And initially our focus is for couples. Initially, our focus is for couples that what can you do as a couple with your husband, right? What project can you pick that he's good at, you're good at? Because I'm speaking to sisters today, so that, that's why I'm targeting it in that sense. How can you come up with something? What is the way then we'll get, what, what do we have to do for those things? And uh, how do we put them? Now, these things you don't have to do every day. I mean, people are busy. You've got your own children to take care of. You've got your own uh, maybe work that you're doing, uh, you're maybe you're employed somewhere, maybe you're doing some other great work, teaching, whatever the case is, and your husband's probably also working and, and, and so on. What we want to then speak about is that it doesn't have to be something you do every day. It could be something you do once a week. You can do at weekends or Friday nights, maybe, or one weekday night. It could be maybe something that you do every two weeks or maybe once a month. Maybe not that, maybe it can be seasonal. You do, there's a, there's a, a project that we need to do at Eid. Because maybe we need to f uh, try to get some qurbani meat together and take it to people who are suffering, who, are, who don't have so much money or shelters. Let them have some meat at that time as well from the qurbani. They get the barakah and blessing as well. Maybe some kind of Ramadan drive. So it could be a seasonal thing. It doesn't have to be. Uh, it doesn't have to be just... It could be to do with hajj. Maybe collect money to send people who are older now and can't still go for hajj. Maybe you know we can help them go for hajj. So it could be seasonal things as well. There's no, there's no, uh, uh, you know, there's no um, uh, limit as to how much you could do, and there's no minimum that you must do. It's just getting an idea, and believe me, it, it will have a huge impact because when you have a common goal, you'll be surprised about the kind of things you learn about one another. 
And when you do things together and you, you basically have to experience successes and setbacks and then think about how to deal with it. So let's just say that you're doing, you're, you're, welcoming, you're welcoming homeless, uh, you're welcoming refugees into the, into the area, right? You're, you're helping them set up home, for example. Or you're helping feeding for the food bank, right? Helping feeding homeless people, for example, on a Friday or, you know, weekend or whatever it is. Whether you're helping to educate uh, tutor children because, you know, your, your husband's a teacher, maybe you're a teacher. You want to set up like a tutoring for uh, disadvantaged children or for needy children or for underprivileged, you know, whatever it may be. You'll be surprised that you, you may run into a... You, you may run into a bit of a challenge that where are you going to hold this, right? Because maybe your, your home is not big enough for it. You're going to run into a challenge. You're going to start putting your minds together. Normally you're bickering about silly things, but now you're actually putting your mind together to think about how you can overcome this challenge. You suddenly become a team. Team develop, teams develop love for one another. That It's just a natural thing that when you do things with people and you then start seeing their qualities because they're going to come up with some idea or the other that you may think is wonderful, that causes attraction. And the thing is that this happens in the workplace and sometimes to the detriment of husband and wives, of their married lives. Because there's a lot of people who will say that, that, that a husband will come and think that the, the woman he works with, at, at, uh, his, his colleague, is much better than his wife because she seems to be so much more intelligent or caring or compassionate, you know. She, she offers to make him tea once in a while or she offers to help him out with something. Likewise, a woman who's working, she's going to think that about a male colleague who might say, you know, I'm going to the coffee, shall I bring you some coffee? Right? And uh, she doesn't have to do that or he doesn't have to do that uh, or whatever it is, you know. So when you're working together and in a lot of jobs, you actually work on projects together. So then when you have these setbacks, when you have challenges, you try to come to common uh, you work on it together. You try to come to some kind of, uh, some kind of uh, escape from these things, some kind of solution for these things. That brings you together. And then after that, the most wonderful thing is that when you actually finish a project and you actually see the, see the fruits of that project, right? And in this case, if you're volunteering, that kind of, you know, the, the, that, that kind of success and that kind of result is amazing. The kind of dopamine that it provides, the kind of, you know, uh, it, it just makes you want to do things again and it brings you closer together. So there, there, there can't be any harm in doing this. And then it's a sadaqa jariya, inshallah, right? The rewards that you get for helping other people. The community improves. If a family unit improves, if a husband and wife improves, their children's situation and environment will improve. If that improves, we'll have he uh, healthier families, healthier children in the community, right? That just think better, do better communities, families will improve because then eventually what's going to happen is somebody's going to see you doing that and they're going to want to help or they're going to want to do something similar, right? For example, I gave a talk about community, uh, about uh, leaving a sadaqa jariya or leaving some kind of perpetual charity and uh, there were several people that came to me, for example, is one of them, he says, yes, there's an old man in, that we know, he started helping people, I think in Bangladesh or somewhere or Myanmar in, in Burma. And, uh, you know, we, we, he's an old man, right? And he collects people's money. He, he, and these, this, this person that I was speaking, these men, 
They said that we've got much more access to funds than he does. So we're going to get encouraged. Now, they got encouraged to do this by looking at that man, by listening to the talk. They made that connection. And now they want to do the same thing. So that old man who started that volunteering uh, you know, for, uh, and helping that relief for uh, Burma, he gets reward for what he's done. But he's also now going to get reward for those people who've been inspired by seeing what he's done. And that's just free reward and free investment. So there's, it just, it's just like a no-brainer. Now, I don't know what you're thinking sitting down here, you know, like wh what's your thoughts about this already? Like, what am I going to do? Right? I can just imagine that shaitan telling us, like, hey, what are you going to do? My husband, I'm not going to work with him. Like, you know, what's he going to do? You, you know, don't start off on the negative. Let's listen to the possibilities. Now, there's a few things here that I'm going uh, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna discuss that kind of gives us some idea of how you look at this. Like, why should a person participate? I've mentioned a number of things, and this is what people say. It gives you a way to help others. Right? I mean, it gives you, I mean, helping others has some of the greatest level of satisfaction. When you help others and you see that they've been helped and you hear that they've been helped, it just does something to you. It makes your life worth living. It helps to improve your community, right? It helps you, I mean, they say, if your children get involved, it'll help to, to strengthen their resume and college applications. I mean, it's, that's, uh, that, that's a side byproduct, alhamdulillah. You're going to meet a lot of new people in this. You're going to get access to a lot of people's lives. And you'll be enriched by that. It'll give you the opportunity to do shukr for what you have when you see what others don't have and you're helping them. And it'll give you a cause for thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, really. And it's going to make you new friends possibly. It's going to make, maybe some of them will be able to help you out with something else, make your life more enriched. Of course, it results in personal growth. Because as I mentioned, from a spiritual perspective, and also just as a human being, you're going to feel better that when you leave this world, that Alhamdulillah, I've helped out this many thousand people. Or I've started this project and that project, and look, mashallah, it's continuing. Right? And... It, there's there's just numerous things. There's just numerous things like so. Th there's a there's a list here that I have. And again, this is just a list, and some of this may not be relevant to us, but I want us to get ideas from this. So you know, maybe get out your pieces of paper or phones or whatever, and start thinking. If you come up with any ideas, put them down, and then I'll take your ideas, inshallah, at the end. These are just for consideration. Now, firstly, you should probably try to think that is there a particular group of people that I would like to help? Is there a particular cause that I'm very passionate about? Think of the, generally, the cause you're passionate about is the one you generally complain about. Right? So are you always complaining about education? Are you always complaining about the masjid? Are you always complaining about the committee? Are you always complaining about poor people, not enough is doing, or not for Syria? Right, for example, then maybe that's where your passion lies most likely because that's the one you feel like you want to complain about, so it's possible. So what are your passions and interests? What are you good at? So maybe somebody's very good at baking. So we're going to try to use baking in something. And you'd be surprised what you can do with baking. Right? I mean, there's so much that you can get through baking. You know, you can get access to people like that. Right? You can help a lot of people. Like you can generate a lot of funds like that as well. 
Are you good at cooking? Are you good at speaking? Are you good at coordinating? Or are you just good at complaining? What are you complaining about? So think about these things. So these are some very random general ideas. I mean, some of the most common ones, right? Raising money for your local charity. So we have numerous local charities. We have Nawal Fund, obviously. We have, uh, we have the, those containers that go to Syria, right? The aid for Syria, uh, aid convoy that goes to Syria. And we have a number of others that, you know, I can't think of, uh, you know, mentioning their name right now, but there's numerous others. So you can just get on to something that's already happening. That's generally easier sometimes. Hold a bake sale for your favorite charity, your local charity, another charity, your madrasa, the local masjid, or whatever the case is, or for the homeless shelter. Uh, these are just some random things, right? Go and find a lonely person in your community, an old grandparent whose children, unfortunately, are neglecting. They're neglectful. They're working all day. They don't really look after. She's just, I mean, she wants to go back to India or Pakistan or somewhere. You know, I really feel sorry for some of our old elderly here. They, they want to go back to their village because there it's sunny at least. You know, they've got people to speak to. There's always somebody passing by. I remember I was in India just now for two days in my village. And one of my dad's cousin brothers, like an uncle of mine, he comes along and he was sitting outside. Right. And he says, I've just come to help you pass your time. I'm like, what is that? For me, that's just really strange because... You know, when you're already always doing something or other, you don't have any time. You don't need pastime, right? But in a village, there's a lot of pastime. That's why they do a lot of talking, and then it leads to obviously a lot of ghibah as well. But that's a problem. But but it's it's very difficult for them to be here cooped up in a house with the weather that we have. But the problem is that they can't go back either because there's nobody there to look after them. There's people to visit them, but there's nobody to look after them because all their children are here. This is really weird limbo we're in in this generation. It's probably going to take another 30, 50 years to resolve this. Because then eventually everybody's going to become, you know, second, third generation people here. Their parents are going to be here as well. But this is a thing that we have to think about. So you've got a lot of people like this who are in their homes. They don't have anybody. So it might be a good idea to go and speak to them. Not, not doing panchat, but just go and speak to them, whatever, and take them out maybe. Uh, maybe even gather them together for old people's tea, tea or something like that. Just makes them feel a bit better, right? And leaves, it removes the depression, removes that kind of feeling from them. And of course, we have actually got people, and which we've spoken about before here as well, we've got people in old people's homes as well. Right? Alhamdulillah, I think some uh, sisters did start going there. And uh, I think that's really appreciated. Uh, there's always charity auctions that are taking place. Help deliver, I mean, this is something that we don't probably do, help deliver meals and gifts to patients at local hospitals. I mean, you just contact the Muslim chaplain then, they'll tell you about the Muslims there who sometimes don't have any family. There's nobody there to, I mean, you know, a lot of our family, alhamdulillah, the hospital has to kick us out, right? Because we have so many people go to the hospital that we kind of overrun the hospital. And they have to then regulate that only two people allowed. Otherwise, you know, mashallah, in our community, especially the Gujarati community, I mean, the whole, the, the whole clan turns up at the hospital, alhamdulillah, generally. But there's a lot of people that doesn't happen to. And there's people who's not even there for kalima on their last. That's why the chaplain has to take care of that. But there's a lot of things. There's, uh, there's even women there who are giving birth. And they're from communities that don't have an extended community. They're new members of, you know, a new community. 
and they're, they're there, the husband's at work or he's somewhere else, he can't be there, right? So there's people that can go and help them out. In fact, there's people who are in hospitals who don't know how to speak English. A friend of mine, another Maulana, he was at, at the hospital for his wife and he noticed that with a few other women and they were treat, being treated really badly. You know, by some of the nurses, you get that. You know, some of the nurses, not all the nurses are the same. Mashallah, we have really good nurses, but then you do have a few who, you know, are not willing to give that extra because maybe they're overworked or whatever the case is. So that is another factor that women can even take into consideration to go and find out from us get some relationship with the nurses there, with the administration there, that if you need somebody, we know we're willing to come in at least once a week or whenever there's a need to help somebody out to do a translation for people. Interpretation. That's an important because, you know, we still have people who don't speak English. I mean, it's there. It's, 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 they've just come new. Right. So now let's kind of look at it more in a topical sense, helping children and schools. Right. And again, think about what, you know, is more relevant to us. So tutoring children, uh, you know, after school or in weekends. And I know they had something like that in Clapton. My brother, who uh, uh, teaches at City Academy, he, he, he and a few of his friends, they started like this, where they would tutor children in the weekends. Right? And that was a free service that they were providing, because that's how you're going to get better students, better children from our community. That's a khidmah at the end of the day. You have to have a good intention for this, and it's a, big, it's a good khidmah, inshallah. And those children will feel good about it, because if they psychologically feel that, you know, mashallah, we've got a boost from our masjid, tutoring by our, you know, masjid, through our masjid, they're gonna, it's going to strengthen their bond with Islam. You're always worried about losing our children. But we have to think out of the box and more practically about how we can help them. So I don't know, I mean, many of you are, children, uh, are, are teachers and, te uh, you know, have PGC, uh, or is it PGCA or whatever, it's PGCs or whatever you have, right? That, that could be a help there as well. I mean... This isn't, these aren't my ideas, so if these sound a bit weird, I mean, you know, um, knit uh, baby blankets to be donated to hospitals or homeless shelters. I mean, that's if you're good at knitting, you probably think I'll just go and buy one. Collect baby clothes and supply, supply them to, do, uh, uh, to donate to new parents. There's probably parents out there who don't have, especially the new refugees and others who don't have. You'd be surprised. You know, working through Nawal... Uh, Nawal uh, Benevolence on we've actually discovered there's a lot of poor people and we've mentioned this before here You know, I think over the last four or five years We probably spent over a hundred thousand just in the local area just in Hackney Waltham Forest and a bit of uh, um, What do you call that a forest gate area? Majority from Hackney though. You'd be surprised how many people are in need in these areas Just because you are eating well and we're eating well and everyone or your cousins have a nice house and they're sorted It doesn't mean everybody else is Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed our community. There's no doubt about that. But there are, that doesn't mean that everybody else is right. That everybody else has the same uh, kind of, uh, mashallah, disposable income that you do. Another one, if you're good at sports or whatever, fitness, go and co coach a youth sports team. Go and give exercise classes to our women. I mean, they need it. Right? Because unfortunately, I mean, you know, we don't have this tradition of exercise. So while our women do a lot of work at home, they're moving around, cooking and that, that's not enough for the general fitness. Really, it's not, the, it's, not, it's not enough for the general fitness. They say, oh, I move around all day. But that's not enough. There has to be some exertion as well. And there has to be some fitness classes. And I'm sure they're always appreciated. So if you're good at that, and that's something that you can assist with, then, then, then you know, uh, try to organize that somewhere. Don't give up. This, you're going to get challenged. Like, where should we do it? The masjid, the community center, the 
um, the, an organization may say, no, you can't do it here for whatever reason. Well, find another place. Keep trying. Give free Quran lessons to children or adults, like tutoring Quran in the weekend. Sometimes the mother says it's not enough. The teacher has maybe 15, 20 students and there's just not enough or there's just some children who need more help. Offer that as a service. I don't know if anybody does that. It looks like the Quran teaching has all become like paid job and you don't do it for free. Right? There are people, there must be people. And then it's not that. There's not, forget children. There are adults who, who don't read. They just haven't had any teaching when they were young. If you, if you don't see that in your own community, meaning your own ethnic community, look at another community. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there who are struggling. They've never read Quran when they've, and they've been growing up. And they would love to do so. Target that community. Get an access into that community by finding an individual. Say, look, you know, this is something. Send out the WhatsApps or whatever it is. If Allah's taught you the Quran, help somebody. Man al-Qur'ana wa'allama khayrukum. The best of you is khayrukum man al-Qur'ana wa'allama. Is the one who studied the Quran and who teaches it. This is maybe your way of teaching it. If you can get them to read the Quran before they die, subhanAllah, what a wonderful thing. If you're good at speaking to people and like, you know, you've had some, maybe some experience with your own children, become a volunteer for teen crisis. There's a lot of teens out there who are undergoing crisis. They don't even want to tell anybody. Parents don't even tell anybody. But if we have proper services in place and proper people doing this, then, then I'm sure more people will be willing to open up because people don't know where to go. Organize a summer reading program to encourage children to read. Right? Babysit children during a religious program. There's a lot of need for that, I tell you that. Because, um, for example, I mean, the biggest problem is that when women, there's a women's program or a program that women can attend, one of the biggest stumbling blocks for them, the obstacles, is generally where do they leave their children? They take their children, they're going to cause a disturbance to others. Right? This is their fear. Right? And you can generally hear your child louder than anybody else. So you, uh, I mean, there are some people who are very insensitive, but most people, they'll hear their children, right? So where do you leave them? So go and volunteer at a program. Do you guys have babysitting facilities? No? Okay, I'm willing to volunteer for that. Babysitting these days is very expensive. So that's why a lot of programs don't even think about it. And uh, mashallah, I think we've started here, and may Allah bless those who are helping us in this regard, because this really helps. I mean, women need time for the, to themselves where somebody's looking after their children, they can go and benefit. Why should it be that it's only the, the men who are attending programs? And then they keep complaining about their wives. And then they keep complaining about women. Right? Let's help them. But if the men don't help you, you help yourself. You're not going to tell Allah on the Day of Judgment the men didn't help us. They didn't organize that. Go and volunteer for it. You can do it. The power's in your hand. And there's a lot of people who love to do these kind of things, uh, who... A lot of organizations that would love to offer these things, but they don't know where to look. They're not fully committed. If you find some, if you go and volunteer, subhanAllah, can you imagine all the reward you're going to get for those parents who learn and who be improve, who become reformed, who do something different? You're going to get a reward of their, uh, of, uh, you're going to get a reward, for a share of their reward. So it's not a waste of time that you're doing. Organize a reading hour for children at a local school, library or masjid. You know, for the younger children, so that they get some association with the masjid or whatever the case is. And again, this can be part of a program. I remember I, we were invited to this uh, program in the east of London, further east. It was from the Nigerian community. And I really like what they'd organized. So they, while we were doing the program, you know, while I was speaking to the men and the women, 
they had, I think they had the youth somewhere and they had the children in another program. So they'd actually invited somebody to talk to the children and tell them stories or whatever it was. The youth had another program and it was all the parents that we were speaking to. So I thought that was very well organized. We just don't have that concept. Our programs are for men, for women, and we forget the children. I mean, our dawats are like that. We, we give really, really hot food, hot biryani that the adults love and the children don't enjoy it. Right? We just don't think about our children in these programs, unfortunately. And if we do think about it, then we feed them pizza, junk food. So we got no clever ideas in that. And that's really sad. Volunteer to help with an Islamic school or other religious program. Right? Any of your local organizations, you can volunteer to help there. We've got nurseries, we've got community centers, we've got housing associations, we've got educational facilities, we've got academies, we've got institutes, we've got so many different things. And all of these places need volunteers. I guarantee you, all of these places need volunteers. You know, whether that's to fix something, whether that's to clean something, whether that's to sweep something, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a thing for everywhere. I'm telling you, that you, you'd be surprised. Think what you can do and go and say, look, this is what I'm willing to do. Do you need some service here? Right. Uh, I'm just going to quickly go through these because I want time to hear from you. Uh, helping senior citizens visit and read to residents at nursing home. Deliver groceries and meal to elderly neighbors. Or at least help them on, order it online these days. Right? That's easier. You don't even have to go out for them. What do you need? Order it online for them. Maybe they just don't know how to do it online through Morrison's or whatever. Right? Uh, teach computer skills to the elderly. If they're always coming to you, can you fill in this form for me? Can you do this for me? Well, teach them. Or get some older people and teach them. I'm sure you guys, there's a lot of you who are computer savvy. Um, drive seniors to doctor appointments. Get them to doctor appointments, hospital appointments. Uh, mow an elderly neighbor's lawn if they've got a nice lawn to, or clean their house or whatever. Right? Uh, help and gather this and distribute qurbani meat to the needy and old and elderly and shelters. Pick up medicine for an elderly neighbor. Because that's sometimes an issue. Go to a doctor, pick up the... That's a big hustle sometimes to go and get your prescription. Help elderly neighbors clean their homes and organize their belongings. Right? Uh, when it's snowing or something, go and help them, you know, clear, clear out uh, their garden or whatever, it may, or whatever it is. Deliver food for them sometimes if they need. I mean, you don't have to do this every day. Once a month you give food to somebody. That, that'll be appreciated. They're not going to say, why don't you give it to me every day? If they're never getting like a good food, then if you give them uh, good food, that would be useful. I mean, it could be something like if you're into growing flowers in your backyard, then make bouquets and give them to patients. Give them to, uh, give, give them to people who are going to be happy about them. Um, helping the hungry and homeless. Donate your old clothes. Collect other people's old clothes from your family and go and donate them somewhere. Volunteer at soup kitchen. Uh, donate non-perishable food to a food bank. We waste a lot of food, by the way. Right? Our communities, unfortunately, waste a lot of food. So find some way that we can... Bring that together. Donate blankets to a homeless shelter. Host a Ramadan and eat dinner for people who may not be able to cook for themselves and have that same kind of enjoyment. Offer to babysit a nanny for a family in need. Right? Prepare home-cooked meal for the residents of a no nearby homeless shelter. Babysit children while their parents look for jobs because they're just starting off maybe or they're going through jobs and they're having, they're, they're, it's tough for them. Bake a batch of cookies or loaf of bread or whatever and deliver it to a local soup kitchen. Or maybe do it for a masjid program or something. 
or whatever it is, right? Mona Zakaria is getting happy here, right? Do it, do it for this program, mashallah. Um, then there could be other things like reducing crime and promoting safety in your community. That's something we're very behind in, unfortunately. We just don't have that system, whereas we've, we know of other communities that have that system in place. Organize a self-defense workshop. So if you're into your martial arts, because I know we have sisters who are, mashallah, quite advanced, right, in terms of their, you know, uh, uh, some various martial arts. Organize a drug-free campaign. Start a, or join a neighborhood watch program. Create and distribute a list of hotlines for people who might need help. Like just resources. Uh, and then, you know, email them out, uh, WhatsApp them out to everybody. Become, what is it, CPR certified? First aid, yeah. Become, because you need some people like that locally. I mean, if nothing else, plant flowers at your local masjid or madrasa if they would appreciate it. I don't know if anybody's ever thought of that, but that's a great idea. Makes, makes people feel good. And planting is a massive therapy. Gardening, they say, is like a wonderful therapy. It really helps. In fact, um, they, they come out with some... There's what they call a Christine therapy right now, which is for ADHD kids. They're benefiting from being with animals. So for ADHD kids, they really help when they go and work with horses. Start riding horses, start caring for them. I mean, this is all the natural stuff. I mean, it's the computers which are messing us up. It's the games. That's what's messing us up. It's messing up parents and messing everybody up. We're completely losing our connection with our nature, with outside, with the animals, with other people as well. So there's so many other things. And again, this is not an exhaustive list. Yeah, there's another, another suggestion that we missed, uh, which was we've got a lot of, mashallah, reverts. And uh, sometimes they actually go through some very great difficulties. It's part of their test, subhanAllah, to just get them closer to Allah. But it puts a massive strain on their iman. And we need to help reverts. And I think the best way to do that is the prophetic way. And the prophetic way is mu'akhat. Right, because I remember there's in India, there's, uh, mashallah, one sheikh who's done a lot of work in converting uh, Hindus. And I said, look, the problem we have here is that they get converted, but then there's nobody to look after them. He says, you need to do mu'akhat, which is create the brotherhood or the sisterhood in this case, right, with sisters. So the idea is that there needs to be a few families that kind of adopt this sister in a sense to help her out, right? Not in a way that they, you know, that she's vulnerable or whatever in that sense, but in a, you know, in a very respectable, uh, in a respectable manner that um, they can help them out. And uh, because we need to strengthen, uh, we need to have uh, strength in that regard. That's very important. Otherwise, a lot of people lose it. I mean, there's, people could lose their faith in this regard and it's our fault because we didn't help. So we ask Allah for assistance. Jazakallah khairan, barakallah feek.